and welcome back to the Polaris Travel Health Podcast. Thanks for tuning in with us this week. Today, Jaden and I will be discussing traveling alone. Yeah, now that uh, now that COVID is subsiding to some extent, I think a lot of people are looking to get back into traveling. But I think solo travel kind of presents its own set of challenges and other stuff like that. But uh, have you done any solo travel and what's been your experience with it? I have done a little bit of solo travel, um, not recently, but uh, um, in the past, I, I, I did a couple trips. I did a, a cycling trip that was through the, the Netherlands. I did that one on my own. Like I was kind of sort of with a group to a point, but it was like you, you would basically cycle on your own. And at the end of the day, you would meet up with the group and eat with them and stuff. And then I also went uh, to Morocco for a couple weeks and I did that by myself. And for about half of that trip, I, I did meet up with a tour group, but I spent even even then, it wasn't uh, like a highly organized the whole parts of the tour. But I spent a lot of that time on on my own in in Morocco too. So those are kind of a, a couple trips that I did. And the Morocco one was probably culturally, it's you know, it's it's different. So that was um, it, it was it was a good experience overall. But it, it was de- it's definitely a, a bit of a different vibe as opposed to going with someone else. How about you, Jaden? I have not uh, traveled anywhere sort of exotic on my own so to speak but I have done a fair bit of like kind of traveling around being a student and someone that uh, lives by myself I often find myself traveling to places by myself because either other people aren't keen on going with me or because I'm going to meet someone somewhere so that's been uh, it's it's definitely something that's a little bit different you have to kind of prepare yourself a little bit differently and stuff like that so yeah, but I definitely think uh, there's some benefits to it for sure. Uh, definitely. You know, one thing um, I, I always kind of like don't want to talk about, you know, like regrets in life or anything like that. I don't want to get too heavy here either. But it's like <laughs> one of the things I kind of wish I would have learned sooner when I was younger. You can travel alone. Like it's a doable thing and I'm comfortable with it because I think, you know, there were opportunities when I was sort of in my sort of early to mid twenties where I didn't have any, anybody that was a good travel partner at the time. And I probably could have went on some trips on my own if I would have realized I could have done it. And like really by the time I I got to the point where uh, I realized I could do it and, and I was comfortable with doing it, like, you know, I still was able to do several solo trips, but I kind of feel like, geez, I could have, I could have even done more things and gone more places, but oh, well, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm too hard done by no, no. But it sounds like you've had some some good experiences on your own. So that's that's always good to hear. So when someone comes into the clinic and mentions that they're traveling by themselves, what would your recommendations be from sort of like a travel health perspective? Do they often have unique itineraries or do you notice that there's a particular area they often travel to? I don't really know if I would say specific itineraries. Like sometimes you'll be in situations where people will be doing volunteer work. They'll spend time traveling on their own and then you know doing volunteer work with a group and then doing more traveling on their own. Uh, I see that a lot or people that are going to places like, you know, into like Southeast Asia and stuff like that, where it's relatively easy to like, it's inexpensive. So you can uh, afford to, to do it. And there aren't a lot of like tour packages, like even doing like a solo trip to Peru or something. A lot of the things you want to do in like Cusco, you have to kind of be on a tour for, but so I guess sort of the long rambling answer here is there's a lot of different possible permutations when it comes to solo travel yeah that's kind of 
<laughs> I think I kind of lost where we were on that, Jade. I guess the short answer is there's no one real obvious easy answer. Right. Okay. What about other sorts of things like dealing with some of the cultural issues associated with traveling alone, especially probably dealing with a language barrier when you're by yourself, and especially if you are not super familiar with the area you're headed off to? You know, I think you're always going to be in a situation there with like a language barrier, whether you're by yourself or with more than one person, chances are the person that you're with will have the same barrier. I guess it's all sort of on you. But on the other hand, too, usually you tend to find a way to adequately communicate. One of the benefits, I guess, of, of knowing English is that you know, English is pretty far and wide spoken around the world. And, and I guess that's part of our, our the, like I said, the benefit of, of knowing it is that you can always sort of work your way through with a tiny little bit of English and some good hand gestures and stuff. And, and now, like I haven't really done it in recent times, but now you even have the benefit of some of these translation apps on your phone, which probably can make it a lot easier. But from the language standpoint, I think it's probably easier now because of those kinds of things than it, than it was. And when it comes to the cultural stuff, you know, I, I think that's something that we definitely want to think about. And this is definitely also related to whether you're male or you're female and also maybe specific cultural groups. Yeah. Like, I don't, would you like to comment on that, Jaden? Because I, I think that, you know, uh, as a, as a guy, like, you know, traveling to Morocco by myself, like, I think that if I was female on that trip, I think it would have been not necessarily bad. But I think it would have been a different experience and in some ways might have been a little more difficult. But anyway, do you want to talk about that? Sure, definitely. Yeah, I think kind of in some of my sort of advanced research that I do sometimes before we re-record, there's some areas of the world where it's not necessarily perceived as bad or something negative to be traveling by yourself as a woman, but it's perceived at times as being sort of out of the ordinary or a little bit more unique, especially dependent on the culture that maybe is something that's not necessarily seen as something that's done frequently or something that is even a possibility. I've read a few stories of women who were in certain areas where they had women approach them and say, you know, I didn't even know that we could do that or that was a possibility and that, you know, that can be something that's a little bit different. But I think that, you know, you want to make sure before you go that you understand certain local norms, especially proper dress. I know there's there's some definitely some areas where a little bit more modesty is expected and that sort of thing. And just, you know, being aware of those types of things, especially being by yourself, you know, you don't want to be put in an awkward position from that perspective. So I, I think that that's, I don't think it's normally a bad thing. I think it's just a little bit different. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that. And I think one of the things that I, I would sort of throw in there, you know, from my experience, I think with being in Morocco, and I, I can't tell you that I can really give you an extremely specific example, but I would think that my perspective of the locals, whether they're the locals, men or women, that if you were to dress in a, like, not modest fashion, particularly, I don't think they're going to throw you in jail or, or do anything really bad to you, but they won't take <laughs> you seriously. I think that's right. the, that's one of the things. I think they kind of look at you like you're foolish. You know what I mean? You're a foolish person. Why are you dressed like that? You know? And so, like I said, I, I don't think you're necessarily at, at risk per se of like getting, you know, unless you are really do something inappropriate. But like I said, I think that even just the fact that you won't be taken seriously, you won't be, you're making your life unnecessarily difficult. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Okay. One of the more sort of stressful or otherwise, I would say, 
maybe spooky elements of traveling alone is the feeling of being actually alone in another country and one that you're not familiar with. How do you recommend dealing with that? And how have you dealt with that personally? I think that probably the best way of doing that is, you know, it's easier than ever now to, to connect in, you know, with people back home. You know, I know when, again, I guess just sort of just make sure everyone sort of understands where I'm at and telling these stories is that the times when I was doing solo travel, you know, were more than 10 years ago, essentially, at this point, like probably about 15 years ago before I met my lovely wife and then had a couple, of, a couple of kids. But so you're talking about the time frame, like the mid 2000s and stuff like that. So like, we didn't have FaceTime back then, Jaden. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we did have emails. So I, you know, I always made a point of emailing people back home and, you know, giving uh, my parents updates about what, you know, where what flavors of ice cream I had uh, tried that were new and different and other <laughs> other fun things like that. So nowadays, like I said, I think it's even easier like with the availability to, to do FaceTime or even to do other types of, you know, phone calls and stuff like that and having that kind of that kind of access. So I think that helps. And, and also there are certain activities which I think, you know, lend themselves to meeting other people. You know, I think the idea of like staying in a hostel and, and that sort of thing, you know, at some level that might conjure up certain images for people, but if you're really interested and eager to meet other people, that's probably a pretty good place to, to go because there are other people that are sort of exactly in the same boat. And, and if you're you're trying to sort of connect in, and I'm not talking about, you know, meeting up necessarily a lifelong friend, but somebody that maybe you can hang out with for a, a day or two or something like that. I think that that would be, you know, a possible option. Definitely. Yeah. No, we're no longer required to go into the internet cafe and send emails from there. We got the internet cafe in the back pocket now. That's all true. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, you mentioned a little bit about meeting other travelers or even just other solo travelers abroad. What, in addition to say, staying in a hostel or doing that sort of thing, would be your recommendation for seeking those types of people out? You know, I think... You know, day trip tours are probably a, a pretty good option. I know one thing that I know you had researched, actually, Jaden, so I, I can't take credit for this. Online cooking courses or other types of local crafty type things. That's a good way to, to have some interaction. I actually like that idea. I've never done anything like that, but I, I'm certainly aware of the existence of some of those things. I think that would be a, a good place. You know, I could even imagine going even to some places where you could go do like a surfing lesson or something like that. You know, that that would probably be a, a good thing. It's not going to be locals. It's all going to be people that are are visiting the area. So th those are those are probably good ideas. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I thought that would would be an interesting one. If you don't want to eat by yourself, you could go and take a cooking class with some other people. Yeah. Okay, what about some other sort of general tips for solo travelers? I think it's important that you pack reasonably light because you got to keep track of all your stuff on your own. And, you know, you want to be careful in regards to keeping your important stuff on your person, you know, that like... Uh, your passport, you know, whether you use like a fanny pack or something like that, that's that's probably a useful thing. Make sure that you keep people back home abreast of your plans, like maybe not necessarily like super detailed, but at least, you know, check in with them and say, you know, like if you are going to be out of contact, um, you're going to be someplace where you don't know whether you're going to have access to, to communicate, let them know. I'm going to be out of touch for a couple days so don't be worried or, or I am doing these things I'll check back with you you know tomorrow or whatever something to that effect you know I don't think it's one of the nice things with 
doing soul travel that you can kind of do your own thing. So you want to take advantage of that. But it's, I think even when you're doing your own thing, you still a lot of times have a bit of a skeleton of a plan and of an itinerary of things you want to do and things you want to accomplish. So, so, you know, it's always good to, you know, step out of your defined plan, but, but also, um, you know, just ha- have a bit of freedom. But, you know, that being said, it's nothing wrong with having a little bit of a plan. Definitely, definitely. Okay. I wanted to talk a little bit more about some sort of specific tips for solo female travelers. I think that this is something that a lot of people kind of get caught up on. A lot of women feel like they're going to be in danger the whole time or they don't feel confident enough to travel by themselves. But I think that it's something that can inspire a lot of confidence and can be really empowering. But It's definitely something where, you know, you have to be especially conscious of your own safety and your own security. And unfortunately, you have to, you know, kind of be watching out for yourself a little bit more. So first thing I want to talk about is definitely do some extensive research into the area and about other women's experience traveling on their own to that specific location that you're looking into going to, especially into the safety of the accommodations that you're planning on booking and keep that information private from those you meet and encounter while on your trip. You definitely want to make sure, obviously, you know, a lot of women have an experience being followed somewhere or anything like that. So you want to just try and keep that private, even from, you know, people that you think are pretty safe. You know, it's just something that you want to kind of keep to yourself. And definitely, you know, you also probably don't want to indicate to others that you are by yourself. If they ask, you know, you can obviously give a non-answer or lie, but that can definitely be contextual. Definitely if other women are asking or, you know, that sort of thing, it can be a little bit of a different situation. But, you know, if you feel like in your gut, you you have a little bit of intuition about the situation, definitely don't be afraid to lie. Um, I think that one thing that, you know, I, I myself get trapped in a lot is this feeling of obligation to be polite to others, especially to men. And you don't have to. It's no one's business what you're doing. Um, or where you're going or why you're there by yourself. Some people definitely recommend wearing a wedding band, mentioning friends, family. You definitely want to make it seem like there's somebody that would miss you if you uh, if you were to go out of touch, if you were to go missing. So definitely just kind of be aware of those things. Your safety should always be top priority. Keep your wits about you, especially being vigilant about consuming alcohol or drugs. But it really can. Like I want to reiterate that it can be this huge confidence booster. When I've organized even just like small trips for myself and I've been able to pull it off without a hitch it's always something that I find to be you know really empowering and that sort of thing and you know I I'm a pretty organized person and I like it when things work out on schedule and that that sort of stuff so it can be uh I I really enjoy that element of it and being able to sort of be in control of my itinerary and you know being able to choose the restaurant that I want to go to and that sort of thing so I, I think that that can be something that is really important for your kind of like journey into adulthood and that sort of thing so yeah it's very it's very liberating those are really good points Jean thanks for that of course Anything else you want to kind of mention, chat about? Any other sort of experiences you'd like to share? Well, I can think of a couple things I wanted to mention. And we talk about sort of understanding the cultural things. And I think that, you know, I made a comment about, you know, being in Morocco and being, you know, scantily clad or maybe more scantily clad than you want to be. You're not going to necessarily strike a blow for women's freedom. Like I said, they'll just (laughs) make fun of you and think you're foolish. But, But I think that even beyond sort of things like that, you'll be way better off if you do a little bit of research into a few things. I still remember one thing that had happened to me 
going back to when I went to Vietnam. So you got to remember when I went to Vietnam, I was 31, 32. Anyway, one of the topics that would come up while I was on the trip, when I would actually get to know some locals a little bit more, one of the first questions they would ask is they'd ask about your family. Where's your family? Where's your wife? And you have kids. And you know, you'd say that, you know, I, I'm not married. I, I don't have any kids. And I had actually read this in advance that when you do talk about that sort of stuff, that you don't get into a big debate with them about, oh, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm 30, 31 years old and I'm single and I'm good with it. You know, they're, they, <laughs> they're going to look at that and they're going to pity you. And <laughs> nothing you say or do is going to change that. They're going to be like, oh, that's really too bad. You know, like, they won't maybe even say that, but they'll give you that pity look and that pity sort of thing. So I realized no matter how much I would possibly argue or defend myself for, you know, not being married and, and having kids and having a family, it was never really going to change anything in their minds in that short interaction. So I'm, you might as well just accept it and, and roll with it and move on and, uh, I thought that bit of information was really useful and it didn't require a huge amount of advanced research. Definitely. Yeah. Lots of that sort of information is readily available and can be found quite easily, especially, you know, information about, you know, needing to say, cover your shoulders or your hair before you enter into certain buildings or that sort of thing. That's, that's all pretty easily accessible. But yeah, sort of social customs like that, they can be, they can be a little unique and lucky for you, you, you have a family now and you can go back and, and tell them that you found one. Oh yes, that, that would be quite fantastic if I could find a couple of those people now and, and, and oh, I'll show them, you know. <laughs> exactly. You showed them. No, no pity required. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to mention? I think that's uh, pretty much covers it. I think it's, it's a topic worth going over, and I, I'm kind of glad that uh, that we we decided to do it. I think it was your idea, Jaden, good idea, and uh, I think yeah, it's it's just one of those things that I think it's it's just a conversation that some of it maybe is a lot of common sense, but uh, it never never hurts to go over it. Yeah, definitely, and I think that uh, those of you out there who might be considering a solo trip, I'd say if you can make it happen, pull the trigger. Why not? Yeah, I agree. I think. I, I think that it's uh, there. There's a lot of benefits to it, and uh, you know, why not give it a try? If it, if you don't really like it, you can next time don't. <laughs> exactly. Next time you can find a buddy. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Polaris Travel Health Podcast. A reminder that the information and advice provided in this podcast are not a substitute for live medical advice tailored to your itinerary and your medical history. If you have questions or you want to book an appointment please head over to our website, www.polaristravelclinic.ca. Check us out on Twitter at Polaris Travel Rx and our Facebook page as well. We hope you'll tune in again with us next week. Thanks, Jaden. Thank you.